Hello, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is. Morning, afternoon, evening, all of it. Yes, we are Offbeat Tracks, episode one. And we are are everywhere and every when. We are everywhere (laughs) and every when. That is... Boy, that oh. is a bad song rating to get <laughs> written. Like, it only took us 128 episodes do, to come up with a cool tagline. Who would do everywhere and every win in like 1983? Everywhere. And oh, everywhere. see, I was thinking more like a. I guess because I had Michelle Branch in my brain, I was. It sounds like a. But I was envisioning more like a We're crappy every like. Everywhere to you. No, I was thinking more like <laughs> that would be a lame like Jason Mraz or Howie Day, like one of those oh my 2000s douches oh would do a God. song called Everywhere yes. Every Win. And then like you would think it's the most romantic thing yeah, for and, two months. And every girl life. in your dorm would be like. <laughs> and you would be like, I hate this and I want and, it to go and away. And then they'd be like, my favorite movie's The Notebook. Yeah, there'd be. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, we get it. Yes. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about a very cool band today that I actually could not believe we hadn't covered because I feel like I've wanted to do this episode thought, for forever. And we mentioned it a little bit on an old episode. We definitely have. I think we were like, I think we probably were this like, is we one of those, do one of those. This is one of those future episodes we promised, and here we are actually delivering. Today we are talking about Tamara and the Scene. Yes. Who I just love yes. from the bottom of my little heart. Uh, they are uh, one of the many uh, Prince tangential artists that we love yes. to talk Minneapolis. about. Minneapolis again. It is 80s Minneapolis, basically our favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead singer, who was, you know, quote unquote, Tamara in the group, uh, her real name is Margie Cox, Margaret yes. Cox. Um, and she was discovered uh, by Jesse Johnson, who kind of assembled Tamara and the scene while she was singing in a group called Doug Maynard. Which um, is dope, by the way. Yeah, which is a hilarious name for a group, I guess. Uh, and I looked them up, like, that you can find, like, live Doug Maynard footage, which you will find uh, in, in the playlist for this episode on our website, um, just because I felt like putting it in there. And, uh, I don't know, just kind of early 80s AOR. It's like AOR, but it's like it's like funky and bluesy and a little yeah, bit jazzy. Yeah, yeah, It's very different, I and mean, it's a cool kind of sound. I really yeah, did not expect Yeah, it's not like Tamara it. at all. Like, and it, the, it's like Tamara, like, you know, like Mar- Margie is in there with some other background singer and they've got very like bluesy background. Yeah, it's, she's like one of the two. It's like yeah. two ladies who are like the kind of the backing the support vocalist. To if me, you it's will. very un Minneapolis from the way totally, you think of it. Totally. But it's still pretty cool. So kudos to like her and Jesse Johnson or especially Jesse Johnson, I guess, for seeing her and being like, oh, vision. I have a vision. Was- and. And like seeing in in her singing in Doug Maynard that what she I could do, do find, what, 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 I do, what happened with Tamara. What so I do find cool. interesting is the idea of Jesse Johnson at a Doug Maynard concert. But I guess if you're just in Minneapolis <laughs> a bar, and it's you know on, what? Like that, it I didn't even be, think about that, but that's really funny. It would not be, you know, of all things. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. But if you know, you make you a really like, funny do point. Do you think Jesse Johnson would be there? No, that is really funny. But I did you know, not think about that at it all. It happens. Um, so let's talk about the other folks in Tamara. Um, I didn't even realize this, but here we are two episodes in a row. We're going to talk about the same album again uh, because the guitar player in Tomorrow in the Scene is Oliver Lieber, who was the producer and co-writer of Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl yep. album. He was the brainchild with her uh, behind that. And matter of fact, they were they were such a tight knit like pair when Paula like laid into her American Idol career, like decided to try to make a comeback. She released a single, um, and oh my gosh, I should have written this down, and I cannot remember the name of the song, but she, Paul Abdul released a brand new dance music single. It was her first one in forever, and this would have been like 2008, Mm -hmm. 2009. It's got a long title. Oh my gosh, what was it called? It will come to me in a second. But Oliver Lieber uh, co-wrote and co-produced it, and that was like how they tried to market it, like, oh, Paul Abdul's going back with Oliver Lieber. Oh boy. It was like the dream team that put together Forever Your Girl. And by the time you get to 2008, people were like, 
Who dat? Yes. Oh my gosh, I cannot remember the name of this song. I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh, uh, I I don't know why I cannot remember that. Oh, by the way, um, I will while you look it up. Yes. He's the son of Jerry Lieber. Yes. Who's half of Lieber, Le- Lieber and, and Stuller. Stuller. Yes, thank you. We're also in Yakety Yak, or the thing from last week. Oh, gosh, another connection. I Which didn't is, think about that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are the songwriters of things like now, Jailhouse wait, my, Rock and My Hound brain Dog. is all turning. I wonder if Oliver Lieber had anything to do with the the recycling oh, PSA, and that's how yeah, MC Scat Cat got in. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. They Forget were in it. Get out the FBI hats. Oh, we, my God, we FBI'd again. Oh, we did it. We're oh, so good at gosh. this. Oh, uh, I the, wanna like spike po- something, but I don't wanna spike something you own, like you know, a good <laughs> touchdown spike. <laughs> it's my it's that's my such a, it's such a white person compulsion to <laughs> spike know, something it's, when something good happens. Hey. Uh the Paula Abdul song is from two thousand nine. It was called I'm Just Here for the Music. I knew it had a, an absurdly long title. And probably the money too, but okay. Well, it's a good thing she was just here for the music because that song didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Oliver Lieber, you you brought up he was the son of Jerry Lieber. Um, yeah, Lieber and Stoller, just legendary songwriting yeah. team. Like Yakety Yak, There Goes My Baby. They freaking wrote Jailhouse Rock. They wrote Stand by Me. You know many mm-hmm. Lieber and Stoller songs. At the yes. point. So anyway, that's uh, his dad. So the bass player in Tamara in the scene is Keith Woodson. Um, the Who on- looks like Jesse Johnson, by the way. Yeah, kind of the same. Um, the only other credit I could find of Mr. Woodson's was a Troop song. Remember Troop, the yes. new the new Jack Swing group, yeah, um, that he co-wrote with Brown Mark, who was from the Revolution. Interesting. Uh, drums was a guy named Jamie Ches, uh, whose only credit is Tamara in the scene. <laughs> and he is an accountant. The <laughs> I don't know. keyboardist, uh, whose credit, uh, who who, whose only big credit is Tamara in the scene. I love her name. Her name is Gina Felicetta, which is. Uh-huh. That's a great name. I kind of want to make that a drag name. Um, (laughs) But uh, her only other credit I could find, she wrote um, a song for the Jets on their third album. She wrote the song You've Got Another Boyfriend for the Jets. Oh, that's adorable. That's the only other Gina Felicetta credit. Very weird. I'm just going to say that name as many times as I can because I love saying it. Mm. So let's talk about the music. Tamara and the Scene, the debut album, comes out in mid to late 1985, depending on where you lived. It rises to number 54 by early 1986 uh, on the U.S. charts, and that is entirely the fault of the lead-off single, Everybody Dance, um, which was a number 24 hit on the U.S. charts. You have to think, too, right at this moment, this is when Jesse Johnson is having his success, too. So they're kind of having success at the same time. Yes. And it's it's very weird timing. You would think when he's got his own group, he'd already have a decent amount of solo success, but not really. They're at the same time. Yes, exactly. Very simultaneous. Um, this also charted on uh, R&B. It was a number three hit on the uh, R&B charts. Which makes sense. A lot of these are so R&B. And what I find so interesting, actually, you know what? I could save this point when we talk about their second album, but what I was, I'll just go on and throw it out there now. Like you said, so Jesse Johnson is doing his own music at this time, and he's mm-hmm. also producing these albums. And I find that their sound trajectory very much follows his. I think that so. Too. Like, if you go listen to the Jesse Johnson review album, it's very close to this. And there are two songs that even like sound. Very, very clear. It's Everybody Dance, and I can't remember the name of the one on the Jesse Johnson Review album, but they sound so similar. And you okay. so you can tell that yeah. was, Jesse was And this music does sound on very Jesse time. Johnson. Yes, you it does. Completely get it. Um so yeah, if you've if you've never heard Tamara on the scene somehow, but you have heard Jesse Johnson's review, you're going to like everything on this album for sure. Um Everybody Dance to me is just an absolute eighties classic, and I don't yeah. know why more people don't remember this song and or like think about it as like classic eighties dance music. It's one of those songs that doesn't ever I've never heard it be replayed on anything other no, than me playing it. Never. You don't ever like, hear this on the on radio, radio, not even you know, not in the, the Kroger music as I like to say. Yeah. No, you don't, it just doesn't come up like not even such a good little not 
even as like, you know, on a reference in like a show when they're doing like an 80s scene. Like, no, never. you just never hear this song. Not even a Where Are They Now. No. And it's very bizarre because it's such a good song. Yeah. It really is such a good little like of that time, perfect, funky little sweet dance pop song. It's so good. Before we move on, by the way, I also want to say how much I love the aesthetic of Tamara and the scene. They, they, you know, something that these Minneapolis folks were always so good at was it's they they went so beyond the music. You know, the music was so good and they start there and they've got the music down. But then they also are so good at building an image. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and like, for example, like Prince with the purple thing and, he, you know, he, that he, he had a very wide ranging and simple aesthetic. Jesse Johnson, you know, with the giant collared suits, uh, you had the time doing their whole Cab Calloway shtick. Yeah. Uh, but then you got Tamar on the scene and their whole thing was like this jungle theme on this album and these like bright, like blue and yellow tiger stripes that are like on the back of the mm-hmm. singles and it's on the album. Um, it's even like if you open the CD case, it's like inside on the on the back of the, it's they, they, the, the aesthetic is wonderful. Yeah. And I love that they pay so much careful attention to those kinds of things. That is a very good point. Um, affection is the second single, the very obnoxiously spelled affection, um, which is, uh, I think they spell it with one F, but definitely two T's at the end. Why not? So it looks like affect, affect, chun, affect, shun, I guess. Affection. Um, great music video. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's like a sexy slow jam kind of a song. It is. Like, it's very R&B radio. Like, to me, yes. this is R&B radio. All I want is affection. Of, Girl, is. same. Girl, same. <laughs> Um, she has like the coolest, most eighties room ever in the video, like the black and white checkered tile is so eighties. Everything's kind of like a soft pink again. So (laughs) eighties giant headboard. That's like plushy. So eighties. Yeah. And also randomly a pet tiger. And you're just like, okay, that's very safe and legal. Um, yeah. And, and in line with the jungle theme, just saying. It is. Yeah. So Affection was a number 19 hit on the R&B charts. Uh, the next single did not do so well. It was called Thinking About You. But it should have. It only peaked at 85. Yeah, I agree. Bass, funky jam. Yeah. All day. Totally. Um, I like it. It is Minneapolis everything times totally. a thousand. I, this to me sounds like a Prince leftover from 1981. It, it, it sounds like this could have been a Vanity Six song. Absolutely. Yeah. I really like this song. I mean, to me, it's not. I don't know if it screams like huge hit, but it's. Such a good song. Like, you play that in a club, people are going to dance. It's going to be oh, a for club, sure. club, club hit. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that this didn't do well on the yeah, dance chart or something. very weird.
Just one more little album cut I wanted to talk about. Summertime Love. This is just like such a great like 80s summer party jam. It's upbeat and cute. Yeah. It's like, a good little dance This song. one uh, is going to be on my my eight, my summer party playlists. Summer, You make summer party playlists? Well, yeah. Doesn't everyone? Yeah. I don't know. I just make party playlists whenever I want to party. I don't know. It's just cute. It's like the sunshiny. Everything, go- I, everything I listen to sounds like summer. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that, you know, going to the mall and hanging out with your friend. I, I don't know. It's just, it's got, it that, very it's got that sunny summertime feel. It is very cute. Yeah. Now we get to the good stuff, like the really good stuff. The real, real. <laughs> I mean, their first album is so brilliant, but this second one is, this might be my most underappreciated album of the 80s. I would, I'll give you. That it would be either this or SSQ's playback, obviously, well. which is like my favorite album of the 80s. I'm not going to say Scritty, Politi, Cupid, and Psych 85, because I think that album is I think it's appreciated. adequately appreciated. And I think it's actually outlived its... But I feel like... Most people don't even know this album exists, which no. to me is criminal because it is so front to back good. It was so hard for me to only pick a few songs to talk about on this album because I love it so much. Anyway, um, so let's talk. The album's called Blueberry Gossip. Great and this, title. This comes out in 1988. Yeah. Amazing. Um, this is produced by Jesse Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, again, is doing his own thing with an album that we've discussed before that I loved, which so he would have been working on Every Shade of Love at this mm-hmm. time. And this sounds like the sister album to Every Shade of Love, yes. which is probably why I love it so much. <laughs> um, Blueberry Gossip uh, was, I think, the only single. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was the first of two singles from this album. Uh, Blueberry Gossip uh, gets to number 54 on the R&B charts. Um, I can easily see that. And it's very every, R&B funk. It's so R&B funk. It's so Jesse Johnson. It's so Minneapolis sound. The opening lyric of this song is, Just the other night I heard someone say that they saw you just the other day. That is so <laughs> like Minneapolis to it me. It is. And also what I like about this song, and I think Jesse Johnson brings this to it, is in a way this song does one of my favorite things of the 80s, which is doesn't really have a lot of guitar, but has a big old guitar yes, solo. Yes, 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 But also the feel of the song, even though it's like an R&B kind of funk jam, is not it's it's not not rock, you know, like no, it's got a rock feel. So this it's is, like this to me is like pure dance pop. It's one. It, this is everything yeah, that I love about like, dance pop. It's when the guitar comes in and you're like, that wasn't there. Why do we need a solo? Right. It kind of feels because it's like you can feel that kind of rock bass to the funk and it doesn't feel as wrong as others of the 80s does. And I appreciate that from Jesse because I think he does that very well. I agree. He's, he knows how to use the guitar in dance music and yes. not make it sound out of place. Exactly. exactly. I love it. I don't wanna- I don't know 
So then we've got this other single, True Ecstasy, which did absolutely nothing. Um, I, 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 I argue that it did do something because I'm sure a lot of babies were made to this. <laughs> I think yeah, that there okay. are a lot of people around our age who were produced to True Ecstasy. <laughs> to True Ecstasy, it's not quite pure, possibly. It's not a pure ballad, but it's one of those things you can just tell two two people are dancing really close about to right. make some True and Ecstasy. This if is you a will. theme that we see a lot when we talk about these uh, the artists that we discuss who have an album out around this time, 1988-89, where they either pick for the leadoff or the second single, like a slow jam. It, I guess, was just the thing to do and or you're like trying to have a hit on R&B radio and I guess yeah. a slow jam is like a surer thing. I don't know. It's a big R&B thing. But it's just weird to me because I think of Tamara in the scene as like an upbeat, happy dance group. And so to release a slow jam as a single, just like they did with the first album. I don't really understand why. I don't understand why either, but I 100% get why it didn't hit. But it's it's a sexy song. It just is. So I actually just looked, this was released as a single, in fact, it just did not chart, but uh, they covered uh, Sly Stone's Everyday People, um, and it, it shouldn't slapped. be surprising because Jesse Johnson and Sly Stone were buddies. If you'll remember, Sly was uh, mm-hmm. on a, on one of Jesse's songs on that second album he did. Um, yeah, and this slaps. It and is I, a great cover. I don't, I didn't expect it to be a great cover. It was just one of those things I was like, I don't know, this could go either way, girl. I don't know. And it's, it, it works. On its own, and it's it, cool, and it's funky, and it's it's dancey. Yeah, it's, it's like totally dancey. Jam, really. So a dance pop version of Everyday People, and it sounds exactly like you are already imagining it in your head. It's very good. Sometimes I'm right. I mean, I had to throw this one on. This is my favorite Tamara in the Scene song. I I listen to this one more than any of the others by such a large factor. Uh, it's called Betcha She Don't Want You. And good. this is the jam. It's I think just, it's my favorite of the ones. It's got that Jesse Johnson uh, gated snare, that cookie sheet mm-hmm. snare that's that I love so much. And just like Margie is just serving this attitude as Tamara, you know, that, oh, Betcha She Don't Want You. Like, you know, I Great want title you. Again. Oh, so good. Great title. Uh, yeah, this is probably my favorite of all of them. Like, it's the one to me that is, I don't know. It just serves. It does. It, it serves. serves. It serves and it delivers. You want to look, you want something, it's serving it. Want you in every way. I don't give your play away to some vibe night stranger. In the day, you know I, I bet you she don't want you like you know. So the group disbanded in 1989, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, 
several of these folks very unfortunately have no credits beyond tomorrow in the scene. I have no idea. I guess they all just went and got day jobs or something. <laughs> um, but uh, Margie, uh, not the story with her. She is still performing music, and according to her website, and uh, I looked this up uh, on the the bar's website as well, it is true, uh, she's in a group called Dr. Mambo's Combo, and if you want to see her live, they play at Bunkers in Minneapolis on Sunday and Monday nights. Which I think is so cool, and I want to go. They're the house band. Like, I've been, like, trying to find somewhere. If you want to go see Tamara live, that's where she is. I was thinking, like, I was trying to find somewhere to, like, you know, a cool, like, not too hard weekend trip somewhere that maybe (laughs) should be fun. Minneapolis to see to see tomorrow right Mambo's combo wouldn't that which, be wouldn't that be fun which I hope they do a cover of Coco Jumbo oh my god it's like too Dr. Mambo's combo co- like, doing... I keep having to look at it because I want to call him Dr. Coco what Jumbo. are you listening to that's Coco Jumbo by Dr. Mambo's combo <laughs> <laughs> um by the way I I wish A&M Records would re-release these albums or put them on Spotify or something because they are not easy to find digitally. Yeah, However, they are very easy to find on YouTube. All these songs have been uploaded. And, it, you know, one of these 80s albums that don't the copyright gods don't seem to be caring about much. So you, you'll hear all the songs. We're going to put them in a playlist on there. But I like I want I want remastered tomorrow. This, these are great albums. Yeah. And, these and some of to be that preserved. stuff on YouTube is not great quality. Like it needs remastered. No, I mean, I have the, the CD Blueberry Gossip is very easy to find. Yeah. The CD of, of the first album was only released in Japan and it's worth so much money so really impossible to get that first one in digital Jesus. format if you want it the first the blueberry gossip though which is the better album easy to find and i highly encourage everyone to go pick up a copy at their u- local favorite used store um also if you happen to find the blueberry gossip single that's a fun little collector's item um the i have it it's it the the i can't remember if it's the seven inch or the 12 inch or somewhere between i guess uh but it's shaped like a big giant pair of blue lips oh my god yeah which what? is really cute that's very cool. Yeah, so that's tomorrow in the scene, a group that we love, and we hope you now love them as well. Yes, and I want to go see her in concert at the bar. Yes. Which looks fun. You can listen to all of our old episodes on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. You can also tweet us uh, with all of your trolling at Offbeat Tracks. Yes, trolls welcome. Trolls welcome. Uh, we've got a superlatives. Haters to the left, trolls welcome. <laughs> we've got a superlatives episode coming up oh, uh, yeah. not too far off, and I'm very excited about our next episode because we're going to talk about uh, a dude from the early 2000s that Danielle and I both love and who we really wish Yay. would release some more music. Yeah. So that's jerk. coming next time. Until then, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya. See ya.